What are you listening to? You don't know that the guy's just put I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's... All right, listen up, y'all. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bump and Run. I'm Pete Colasano, joined as always by my good friend Scott Bracey. What's going on, dude? Good afternoon, sir. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? You know what? I did. I had my kids with me, and a buddy of mine came over. Chris Coleman came over. Chris Coleman, who once subbed for you on the show. Nice of him to come by. Brought some fantastic buffalo tenders. Big fan. What was the the alcohol of choice? Uh, I think I was just having, like, um, vodka cocktails. He He was having Pabst Blue Ribbon. A hard wow. find these days, but he brought wow. over Pabst Blue Ribbon. Pabst Blue Ribbon still comes in the rubber or the plastic ring holder. You yeah. know, it still comes yeah. in that, which is fascinating in and of itself, right? Yeah, because it's such a fresh beer. You want it to it's be really lovely. Really, you don't want it really to be tainted in. by cardboard. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but then we had for, for three people and two kids, we had we had Big ZD. I had... Uh, Char Su, however you say that, it's like a charred pork. Don't worry about it. Um, don't ask me to describe it. I made it. It was delicious, but Good. talking about it is a whole nother story. Um, what else did we have? Chips. With a- dip. Any apps? Any app? Buffalo chicken dip or buffalo tenders? That, that's all. You well, he had the tenders. What do you dip it in? Oh, I made a pizza. I made a yeah, blue cheese, of course. Well, blue cheese, nice. nice. I'm, I'm not. Okay. not, right, you're not, you're not I'm not. You're not a psychopath. Yeah, I'm not a Russian or anything like that. Not a communist. So, yes, but I enjoyed the game, and we'll get right into that. I, you know, I have to be honest with you, dude. We've said this, like, for the last three weeks now. That first week, they should just get rid of the expanded playoffs and go back to the way it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Because the last three weeks of football have been utterly amazing. Every single game has pretty much come down to the last play or the last drive, and this game was no different. So I, I assume you enjoyed the game as well? I enjoyed it, of course. Uh, last bit of football for a while. Um, however, I didn't think it was the sweet. most exciting game in the world. It wasn't, uh, yeah. And I don't know why, because it was always kind of a one-possession game. So, Well, you know but, what's interesting about that? We, we've said this a million times on this podcast, is that playoffs are rarely about scheme, and it's more about players making plays. And for a large part of the game, while the game itself was close and that lent lent itself to some tension, um, there wasn't a lot of playmaking going on early in the game. And then OBJ gets hurt, so now you just lost another playmaker. Another receiver for, um, you know, the Rams got hurt. Who who was it that got hurt? Uh, One or the other receiver. I freaking forget his name. Well, Woods has been out. OBJ, uh, Skoranek. Another one got hurt during the game. I can't remember who it was. So he lost one more weapon. So it was like he was down to cup. It might have been Jefferson. I don't know. One of the other receivers got hurt. And they weren't running the ball. Both teams were stopping the run, which was, again, you know, lends itself to like a more tight game, boring game. It was a a really good defensive battle, frankly. Well, let's start there. Okay. Um, the OBJ injury, I think, really changed the Rams' offensive definitely, approach, yeah, because it looked like they were moving the ball pretty much up and down. Um, yeah, we kind of knew if they were gonna, if Cincinnati was gonna double team or have their scheme set for Cooper Cup, which totally makes sense, then yeah. that would give OBJ a huge opportunity here, and and they were taking advantage of it fully. I mean, he was get he already have he had three catches before he got hurt. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you know, big catches. And uh, and they and then McVay was trying to run the ball with Acres. He they just couldn't get anything going. Get anything going. It. it was. It was. I I tell you, the Bengals. I, I know it's like the Super the Super Bowl loser always has trouble in the following year. And I know the AFC is stacked, but that team is pretty pretty built to, to last a little. You bit. talk about the Bengals. They got, they have, yeah, they have cheap we'll, contracts right now. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I, I actually right. wanted to bring that up because that was that's an that's an important point. Um, one of the first things I noticed I, I, I wrote down was that this was kind of like the Burrow versus Stafford show, and this I mean like players making plays, and there wasn't a lot of playmaking going on. But then what do you get? That last drive. You know, you could say whatever you want about the whole game, right? And most of the game was even. We've said this. Most of these tight games, they come down. Most NFL games come down to about anywhere from four to ten plays. That's the only yeah. difference in the game out of over a hundred plays, right? You got injuries. It's a tight game. They're actually, you know, the Rams were down, and one drive, you get Stafford being what everybody had hoped. Well, I guess if you're Rams fans or anybody who was a Stafford fan, like kind of, I think we both were. Doing what he was brought in to do, and Cooper Cup, who was kind of held in check for most of that game, they threw it to him every goddamn play, and yep. the, and the Bengals knew it was coming, and they and he still got open. And I give credit yeah, to yeah. both of those guys because Cup knew he was going to be doubled, or they were gonna they were gonna you know you know have help on him, and he still got open. And Stafford knew that they knew that, and he still got the ball to him, which is impressive. Yeah. And they got him on an end around on fourth and one. Two yes. That went for a first down. And and you're absolutely – McVay has to get some credit, too, for some creativity during that drive to, to find different ways of and, getting Cooper and they up the finally, ball. And they finally looked at him because, wow, I know, like, Beckham went out. And then, like, the third quarter, they were trying to figure out – they got Jefferson a couple catches, but nothing crazy, a couple, like, four-yard hit yeah. routes. But, like, they finally – all right, listen. It's our guys, the MVP candidate. Let's go to him and let's see what happens. Yeah. And it worked out. Players making plays, right? Like you just think of the history of the playoffs, or especially the Super Bowl, and that's what it comes down to. You don't think of like the scheme. You think of you think of you know Dwight Clark, the catch. They don't call it the deep in catch. It's just the catch. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So like it's players making plays, and it really came down to one drive, and and Stafford made plays. Cooper Cup made plays. He's really, he's really, really good. And what's interesting, he's been there for, this is third year there? I think fourth. Fourth year. So he's been there. Um, Goff had him. But this is what happens. That this is, your, this is what you see when there's just that much difference, a one-inch difference in quarterbacks. Cup goes from being a yeah. good a good receiver, a really good receiver. Yeah, because he wasn't terrible with golf. Not, not to bananas. Not all, like, yeah, he went yeah, he went yeah. berserk this year. He's the first player in history to have the triple crown of what was it? Most receptions, most yards, and most touchdowns. Is that what it was? Yeah, and, and a Super Bowl, and a Super Bowl MVP, and a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> it's an it's an insane year. Yeah, it's just a crazy year for him. And that's Stafford's difference. And let me just say this about Stafford: any questions that were had before, and we had some as well. Like you got to prove it, dude. I, we all knew the physical talent that was obvious, right? We all knew that. Nobody nobody questioned that anywhere. But the reality was that they weren't very good in Detroit. So that's where it was like, well, can you win? Are you going to come here and are you going to win? Because the Rams have already won, so you're going to have to take them even further. All those questions have been answered. Those questions should never be raised again. There are questions no. of Hall of Fame, and I'm happy to have that discussion. Um, but as far as is he a winner, was it a good move, was it a good well, trade bringing him in, that question's been answered and it's a resounding yes. 
Well, to answer your question about the Hall of Fame, he's not calling it quits. we got more years to put on well, his resume. So. I've heard people say he just solidified himself in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, can we slow down? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say yes Let's or no slow one. down. I I'm just not willing to put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, if he retired this year, I I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. He's had like four or five winning seasons. He's definitely not first ballot if he retired this yeah, year. Yeah, let's just slow down. In, you know what the shame of that is? You're taking away what just happened by turning it into something else, a discussion about something else. Why do you have to even talk about, well, Hall of Fame maybe? Dude, he just won the Super Bowl. Can you let him enjoy it for a couple minutes? Like, I, for I God's know. sake. I know. I hate those kind of discussions. And this is what happens he, when it's an everyday show and you got to find something and you got to shock people and all this stuff. It's, it's a shame. But he can really he showed he's up. Going to the, can he say he's going to Disney World yet before we start killing the guy? Oh, my God. I know. Well, that was the thing, too, right? He doesn't have, he won a Super Bowl. He doesn't have a Super Bowl MVP. It's it's know, it's, a no, it's an unnecessary, unnecessary um, discussion. Well, I, I would argue this, too. I know we could do this 100 times, but like if you're, if you're putting Matt Ryan in, you can put Matt Stafford in. Yeah, Matt Ryan has an MVP, but he also I, choked his ass over the Super Bowl, and yeah, Matt is, Stafford did not. We could so, argue about Matt Ryan, right? I'm not yeah, I'm not so quick to say Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. I would probably argue with that. You know my argument. If I have to think about it for more than three seconds, yeah. it's a no because it's supposed to be special. The NFL isn't quite like that. They're pretty – I think they're pretty lenient about letting guys in. But well, I was just going to say, I think we could have a discussion another time about I, – I feel like it's – I know there's the most positions in a Hall of Fame. I get that. But I feel like we're letting people in that are kind of – and listen, I'm the biggest Terrell Davis guy you'll see. The fact that he's in is like oh, – I know. Because like, ah. it was such a short sprint of a – Dude, it was four years. I yeah. know he won two Super Bowls in the four years, and he got all the way over the top, so he gets a little intangible vote there, yeah. I think. But It's so short. My God. It's dude, so short. Years? When you consider that with, with, with Major League Baseball, Sandy Koufax only played nine years, and people question, well, should he get in because he only played nine years? Yeah, but for every one of those nine years, he was the best pitcher in the goddamn league. Yeah, yeah. Four Now you're talking four years. It's half of – you know. I'm a gym teacher. Yeah. It's about half of nine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's rough. I just don't like that. I think it's supposed to be special. It's a, like we've said it a million times. It's not the Hall of Really Good or the Hall of Great. It's the Hall of Fame. It's supposed to be for the elite, for the very, very special. I know they want to fill that place up, and I know they want to have the big ceremony every year, and I get that, but it really – don't dilute it and take take that away from guys who have made it. You know, that's – it makes sure. me uh, – that bothers me a little bit. Burrow played with the with the banged up. It, it ends up being like a sprained MCL. We kind of knew Dude, he got. Burrow, we knew on that play he was pretty banged Burrow up. Burrow and Stafford both got twisted up yeah. late in that game. But dude, Burrow is. Did you see the video that came out today or yesterday about him introducing himself to after Rams team? I I didn't watch it, but I saw so that he, it was there. It's so good. It's just so like Burrow. He's he's, like, he's a cocky he goes, little Von, bastard, Von, isn't he? Vaughn. Hi, I'm Joe. <laughs> he's a cocky bastard, dude. <laughs> he is a and I like ball. it. No, I like it because he backs cocky, it up. But, but I also like that he's like, these are legends, you know, like Weddle and Von Miller and, and Aaron Donald. And Donald kind of ignored him, but Miller and Weddle, like, talked to him a little bit, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like. Yeah. It's, it is cool. And with stuff like that, you get to see, like, the human side of these guys, that they're not yeah, just dur robots dur going out there. Out this, exactly. Like, you know, dude, you know? like, like, he's letting them know, hey, bro, I'm chill. Yeah, absolutely. You get to me today. Like. Absolutely. Um. I got down here that the Bengals' defense is pretty good. Even Dude. even coming into this game, there were people like, well, the Bengals' defense is the weakness of their team. And I'm like, they're in the Super Bowl. They just basically shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for two and a half quarters. Do they get no credit? Down. 
before that they shut down Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. Yes. I mean, come on. I, 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 I yeah, I agree. With and you. they had that game. You know, I don't want to say had it won, but they had it within reach. They had it. They well, were they were in, winning. They were in position to win. <laughs> they were yeah. definitely in yeah. position to win. Which, which that brought me. That linebacker played it. That play, he played his ass off. That kid's nasty. Are you talking fifty-five? Yeah. Okay, so that one play is the only I one. Don't. I got beef with that, man, because the the refs swallowed their whistles, and thankfully so. I like that they yep. let the players play. Okay, let the players decide a Super Bowl, not, you know, uh, some referee. But, but, dude, that was not interference. There's no way that was interference. I hate that they make that call. He barely it's touched a, him. I don't want to hear that it was like, you know, you know. Yeah, I don't like that shit because then it no, costs the game. It's not, it's not worth it, but that's besides the point. So that defense is really good, and it made me think. I got this written down here. The Bengals are like maybe three players or four players away from being maybe the best team in the league. So they're a shutdown corner away. Yes. They're 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 a left tackle away. I was gonna say two offensive linemen. Yeah, probably two, and uh, maybe another defensive back or linebacker. Maybe, maybe, maybe a return guy, something like something that. else. I'm trying oh, to return give return guys are like ah, football now. They don't even like. They're really. Good and really close, dude. I mean, you you and I both thought they'd be improved this year. Neither of us saw this coming, not even close. No. no, um, no, no. The fact that they're this far ahead of schedule and you still have a Joe Burrow who's on his rookie contract, so he's cheap relatively. Yeah. Um, you have a Jamar Chase on his rookie contract. Uh, I think that defensive end. who's, who's Higgins, Higgins is what, year two as well? Like, they're very and- young. They don't have to get rid of anybody, you know, anybody of real substance. Mixon is still – he's a running back anyway, so who cares if he if he wanted to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a good football team. I really expect them to be in the hunt for a while. I, I really yeah. do. And when you have that quarterback who has the confidence of his entire team, and I don't just mean the offensive side of the ball. I mean the entire team – the coaching staff, the front office, the owner, they all believe in Joe Burrow. He only helped himself by playing that second half with the messed up knee. You know, that only adds to who he is and what he means to those guys. I know that there's, you know, we kind of see it every year. The team that loses the Super Bowl usually ends up missing the playoffs the next year or they struggle or whatever. And listen, who knows with injuries? This team is not that. I'm just going to tell you right now. This team is not that. They're the best team in their division, so they should win the division again, assuming no major injuries, right? Um, but they're the best team in their division. They beat all the best teams in the AFC. They beat the number one seed, and they beat Patrick Mahomes to get here, and they're only going to get better. Burrow's going to be better. As crazy as it is to say, Jamar Chase is probably going to be better after the rookie year that he just had. They should go out and do whatever they have to do to protect Joe Burrow, and then this team yeah. will be – I'm telling you what, dude. And it's a, It'll know, be as good a team as you've seen in years. Great part about that is, about their roster right now, they don't have to go out and get playmakers. No. Get li- so they can go – top three picks, yes. they can get linemen. Oh, my God, they, dude. They can get – you know wh- – you can't tell me if free agent doesn't want to go play with Burrow and those guys. Totally You're right. Kidding me. You, so that's like, that's how the quarterback having the guy changes everything. Nobody yeah. ever wanted to go to Cincinnati, right? No, they either no. had to overpay or not even bother. And right. now it's a destination because well, you have the hope, guy. You know? Yeah, you have the guy, and you don't have to overpay. The people are going to want to play there. It's amazing what happens when you have the guy. This 
this may get a this may get a comment out of uh, one of my best friends who's watching right now as we speak. But and this is blasphemy. But can we say maybe the Bengals take over the Steelers' domination? In, oh in my NFC God! North? There's no doubt about it. The Steelers are not the competition in that division right yeah. now. And Cleveland's not even close anymore after well, a down year. Well, I don't know. And, and, and Lamar Jackson now, is he showing signs of being banged up now in the near future? Here's, I know Burrow is too. Burrow gets banged up too. But they're a different type of quarterbacks. Oh, totally. There's a way to save Joe Burrow. There's no real way to save Lamar because right. of the way he plays or chooses to play and the way they use him, which is smart. They use him the way he should be used because that's his skill set. But um, there's no question who the best team in, in that division is right now and is going to be. Like yeah. like you just said, they don't even need – they don't need to go after no. any skill position players. I mean any. Running Zero. back, tight end, Zero. wide receivers, covered. They need offensive linemen and defensive backs. That's it. That's <laughs> that's perfect. scary when you think about it, dude. They just locked up Zach Taylor for a couple more years. Incredible. Anyway. This dude. is another amazing story, right? This guy was going to get fired – <laughs> sports is awesome. Sports Isn't it? Is awesome. It's just the best. It's just the best. All right. What a day. You want to talk about the best. What a day for Van Jefferson. Super Bowl champion and then, and then minutes after the game ends has his second <sighs> baby. You're going to have – And you're... his wife. His wife was at the parade yesterday. What a warrior. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> you're, you'd be hard-pressed. You'd be hard-pressed to have a better day than that in your Ooh. life. Yeah. If somebody's had a, I don't know, maybe hit the lottery, but he's already a friggin' millionaire, so he doesn't have to worry about that. Like, that's a hell of a day. That's a hell of a day. His, do you remember his dad? I don't. Wide receiver Sean Jefferson played with the Patriots for a little while. Uh vaguely. Now, vaguely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't yeah. quite remember. Okay. And what's cool about that is he's the wide receiver coach for the Cardinals, so they play each other twice. Oh, a my year. God. You got to be yeah. kidding me. Oh, yeah, it's cool, crazy. Right? That's crazy. What else do I have here? Okay, so. I meant to, I mentioned that. Okay, so I, I we talked in the beginning of this game about the end of the game, that last drive, and that's what I wrote down as a championship drive, right? Mm. And I'm trying to think back in the history of Super Bowls drives like that. Now, the first one that came to mind for me was like San Francisco um, against. Yeah. I think it was against Cincinnati, as a matter the, of yeah, fact. Yeah, and yeah, the story yeah. of Joe Montana telling these guys, "Hey, guys." You see who's there? It's John Candy. And they're like, what the hell is he talking about, man? And then they go on the drive to, to win the Super Bowl. Can you think one of – uh, One that popped in my head was Big Ben to Santonio Holmes. Oh, yes. The end zone. You're right. Santonio Holmes. Oh, my that God. That popped in my head. How, and you could, you could reverse it, too. How about the defensive stand the Rams did to the Titans? The opposite, right. Right on the a one-yard yard line. yard away. Yep. Yep. You know, like step stepping up there. Even New England, their first Super Bowl – they drove down and kicked a field goal, a yep. pretty long field goal. Yep, yep. But that's 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 what makes it different, right? That's what makes it epic, historic, however you want to say it, legendary. You remember the drive. You don't remember the scheme. You just remember specific plays, right? Like you yeah. just said the play. I don't know what the hell happened in that play. I know a pass was completed, but I remember <laughs> a play. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, with the, yeah. at the tackle at the one-yard line. You remember players making plays, and that's – that's all that matters, and really, that's what it comes down to. You know, that's what it comes down to. Get it, get your guy the ball, get your quarterback in a position to make a play. I love that kind of stuff. It is, it's amazing because the whole season doesn't work like that. It's all about scheming guys open, scheming plays open, and then the playoffs come and it totally changes. And it's about and, and you're getting also play. playing bad teams in the during the year, absolutely. And stuff and 
guys are out. You don't want to unload everything in your playbook. You don't want to show everything. I mean, Belichick is is classic for this. You know, from week to week changes everything. So playing the same team twice. You know, a couple times and yeah, we didn't even mention Aaron Donald yet. Good God, the guy is just on another level. The question became, of course, immediately when that game ends is, where does he rank all-time defensive linemen and defensive havoc makers? Because he just causes havoc. He single-handedly pretty much shut down the Bengals in the last drive. An amazing play. Was it on Joe Mixon? Mixon's about to get the first down, and he kind of just from behind wrapped his arms around his waist and pretty much pulled him back before he got the first down. Was it Mixon or was it Pirine? I don't know who the running back was. That's a, it might have been Pirine. I just, I just, he was basically past them, and he just reached out and like, right. nope, incredible. And then obviously the last play against Burrow, um, he's a disruptor. I definitely put him. Uh, so as far as D lineman for me, Reggie White to me is just yeah. the all time most insane disruptor that there ever was. He did it for two teams. He did it for such a long period of time. The guy was a freak. And just freakish strength. How many videos have we seen? Guys, go to YouTube and look up Reggie White and watch him just with one arm take a 330-pound tackle and literally just toss him to the side like he's a rag doll and go get the quarterback. Athletic, strong, freakish, just incredible. And that was in and that was in the late 80s, early 90s. 80s and 90s, yeah. Like- um I gotta put Aaron Donald in that in that on that level yeah, now, yeah, and he's a, he's a defensive to. tackle, so it's a little different. But the havoc that he causes from that position is it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I read an article about him late last week about like college options because I'm like, oh, let me see like what other choices he had. To Where did he go? Pitt. He went to Pitt. Wow, Jesus! And the article kind of stated where it was like Central Michigan, Kent State. Really? I'm like, dude. When was, where was he drafted? Like what? What? What draft? What pick was he? Was it first round? It was first round, but I want to say like twelve. I can find out for you. I, I don't. I Dude, don't. how much is he gonna make? Doesn't he already make twenty million? Yeah, he's got to be. How much are they gonna have to Donald. pay him? It's crazy. You're gonna wrap up twenty five million dollars. In a defensive tackle, but how do you know? On a team, on a team that already's got bad contracts, like, uh, all like kinds of contracts. contracts. You're paying all kinds of guys right now. Where does this money? Who are the accountants for the Rams that they can continue to pay everybody top dollar? Dude, seriously, how does Chicago Bears can't get can't get anybody to stay on their team because of the salary cap? But the Rams are frigging the New York Yankees. Like I just, it's it's insane to me. Come on, it's totally insane. What are you looking up? Where you got drafted? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Holy shit! Thirteenth. Well, I was close. Yeah. At a so, pitch. What a draft! Talk to me. <laughs> Go ahead. Two thousand fourteen. Want to guess who the first pick was? Fourteen. God, I don't know. Jadavian Clowney. Oh, what a Jesus! By the way, everybody uh, who said that was a good pickup for for Cleveland, talk to me now. I told you, dummies. Bortles, Bortles goes three into the oh, Jaguars. Bortles. Sammy Watkins four. So then we have Watkins Khalil good. Mack, Jake Matthews, Mike Evans, Anthony Barr, who's had a good career, Eric Gibran, eh, Taylor Luan, the left tackle, oh, very good. Titans, Odell, good. Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, Ryan Shazier, unfortunately his career got cut short. Yes. Zach Martin. Very good. Cowboys. C.J. Mosley. 
Very good. So then it's a bunch of Derek Carr, 36th. Is he going to get a new contract? I don't know what they're going to do there, man. Devontae Adams, 53. Green Bay. Trade Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders for Derek Carr. No, let's not do that. Devontae Adams, 53. Wow. Where did he go to school? Fresno. Ah, He's really good, too. He's really good. There's one more guy. By the way, dude, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I can no longer l- listen or watch uh, Max KJ and Z or whatever the hell they're. I, I don't know why you still do. I can, what else am I gonna listen to in the morning? You don't like booms and uh, GL? But I'm in a car. You know, by the time I get in a car, they're in a car. Where? They're in, they're in, they're nah, they're in New York. I'm down in Atlantic City. Oh, you don't get. Oh, that's true. I'm down. Today they're talking. Max goes. Max Kellerman is the dumbest of dumb. And now I understand why Stephen A. kicked him off of first take or whatever the hell show they do. Did he goes because they're talking about Rogers and maybe going to Green, uh, going to Denver, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're they're going to be great. And he goes, but what if? What if you can also get Devontae Adams to go to to go to Denver? I'm like, hey Max, why don't you get the whole goddamn Green Bay Packers to go to to go to Denver? And maybe the Green Bay and maybe Denver will send back a bag of practice balls. Like, how are you pulling this off, dude? You're such an asshole. How stupid are you? <laughs> like, you know, why don't send you know uh, Lazard there too? Like, get everybody. And maybe the coach will go over there too because he likes her. Get them all over there. Just move Green Bay to Denver. Like, what a jackass thing to say. <laughs> hey, Max, did you ever think that Denver has to send something back? You idiot. Oh, oh it's pay. so pathetic. And, and pay. And pay. Like, 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 come on. You yeah. got a 47 mil laying around? Because that's what he's on the books for this year. If they get Adam, if they get Rodgers, it's going to be just Rodgers. Because they just paid of Sutton course. And, and Tim Patrick. <laughs> so I'm just I'm Dude, just you're going to I mean, this is a conversation. We're going to get into this in in future weeks. But you're going to have to pay through the nose. And it's going to have to be a lot because you're not sending a quarterback back. So, But that's another. That's another um, uh, a couple more things here and then we'll move on. Please. I have um, <coughs> the Bengals did the exact same thing the Chiefs did in their game two weeks ago. The Chiefs are running the ball with McKinnon up their ass. And they went away from it. Yeah, Mixon, I thought, was having a great first half. And then all of a sudden, they went they away just from stopped. that. Yeah. I, you know, I could speak to this as a coach. What happens is sometimes, like, you see things in the passing game. It's easier to see things that you can do in the passing game. Because the the mm. once you look – I'm speaking visually. Once you look past the defensive line, things are way more spread out. And you can see how things are moving easier, okay? You can see how defenses are rotating and all that kind of stuff. And then what happens is you scheme a really good play, right? You call a really good play. And either the quarterback reads it wrong or makes a bad throw or something doesn't work. But you're like, oh, my God, it was there. There, I can't tell. That's probably the most said comment by offensive coordinators. It yeah. was there, Okay. And then once you say it was there, I got to go to it again. And I got to like, I got to keep going. I got to keep working that. And you get out of Mm. game plan and strategy and you get stuck in the moment of it was there. Okay. This may not make sense um, to people because you don't see this. You don't get to hear a coordinator say this. You don't get to hear a coach say it. But that's what happens a lot of times. You get caught up in like it was there. 
and if it was there, you can do it again. You can recreate it. Sitting up top, and you see how yes, especially if you're up top. You know what I mean. But it doesn't have to be up top. But especially if you're up top, because you get the bird's eye view. But it was there becomes. Let's try this. It's similar, different formation, different motion. Right. Different motion, right. Yeah. But but it's the same thing. It, it'll still be there. Just read this. Oh, and then they and then the defense changes, and you're like, well, if they're going to do that, then we can do this. And it's real easy to do with your passing game because it's <laughs> yeah. wide open. And then, and then at the end of the game, holy shit, Joe Mix only have three carries in a second? Now, this, yeah, this is going to sound bizarre to most people. There's about four running plays. Yeah. Now there's four to the left, four to the right, and there's all kinds of formations, motions, and you can and you can do it differently. Like you can pull fullbacks instead of guards, but there basically is four running plays, okay, give or take. There's like four blocking schemes to each side, but there's like countless possibilities in the passing game. So it's, you just get caught in the moment of seeing it, of what's possible. It it was there, and and then you get stuck. And that's that falls on the coach. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. That falls on the coach. Obviously, it falls on the coach because um, you wonder like why they stop giving to him. Well, that's why though. That's why because you get caught and it was there and it's exciting when you see it. There's nothing worse than like calling plays and it gets stuffed. And you're like fuck. I don't know how to. I don't know what to. I don't know what to do now. It, that's infuriating. But when it was there, it's exciting. And you're like, oh, we gotta go. Like, I wanna, <laughs> I wanna call something similar, close, make it happen. Same player, different players running the same route. They won't see it coming. Bah, 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 bah. We can do it. Thirty plays later, you haven't run the ball <laughs> at all, <laughs> and you're like, what just happened? So, yeah, that that's that's how that goes down. So, one more for me, dude. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, toasted. <sighs> he's no times. He's no shutdown corner. Like he's no. Lockdown he's no corner. Revis. He's a shutdown he's no corner. Revis. He's no Revis. He's no. Um, he's no Dion. Charles Woodson in his prime with yep. the Raiders or Ty Law or no, no. He's really even, good. Even a Josh Norman who had a good year too. Yeah. Or and he's really good, but he's not that. Yeah, he's not that. So no, he, and he's and he's and he talks like he is. Well, and they talk about him like he is, but he's not. Is there a shutdown corner in this league right now? Is there like a pure lock a lockdown <sighs> shutdown corner in this league right now? I would say no, but there's a couple guys that. I think are working their way there. Um, Marlon Humphrey for the Ravens. If he's healthy, he's a pretty good guy. I don't know if he plays more safety slot. nickel or corner. Okay. Yeah, slot. Um, I I said something the other day. Patrick Sertan had a really good. Oh my god, year. yes. That's a really good. Start. Do you have that in front um, of you by any chance? I could get it. Yeah. Yeah, because this is worth stating. This has nothing to do with the Super Bowl, but these statistics are bananas. Patrick Sertan, rookie for rookie defensive back for Denver Broncos. Now I know Scotty's a big Broncos fan, so that's why this comes up. But the numbers here are absolutely insane. So he's held four players this year to zero yards, which is great. But Not then when zero you first see downs, zero yards, yeah, which is amazing. But then when you hear who the players are, it becomes absolutely ridiculous. The four players are Terry McLaurin, Tyreek Hill, Jesus. Odell Beckham Jr. and a young man you may have heard of called Jamar Chase. Yes, insane. Now that's a that's a pretty good rookie start, dude. And, and I know. I, I, listen, I'll be the first one to tell you. I wanted I wanted uh, Micah Parsons, I, and, but I, I will not I will not be upset with that guy. Right now, two things I want to say about that. Number one, if right. you could right now, would you trade Sertan for for Micah Parsons? Oh would you God, Would you swap him? Because it's not like Parsons had a bad season. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no, no, yeah. no, no. Um, tough one, right? I, I still think I would. 
I was just hyping them up. It's, I still think I would. I know because yeah, you can find uh, you can find other defensive backs, man. It's hard to find a Michael Parsons. Oh, he's so just crazy. Because he could, he could so rush much. the passer, cover oh. a tight end, stuff the run, play middle linebacker. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, uh, second part two of this questionnaire is yeah, but so when Green Bay calls and they say they want Patrick Sertan, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I texted I that to you. When you texted yeah. that to me, I go, oh, I guess he's going to Green Bay. Yeah. What's your answer? Nah, yeah, we want to keep you, our corner. You, you, well, you got to do it because you, you got to do it. The corners and, and quarterback play has been shit. So. Yep, you got to do yeah. it, right? Which as, is crazy. As, as tough that as that would be. Uh, but you know what? Giving a guy, giving a guy like that away though might keep another guy you want uh, at home. Well, well yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah because you know, that's yeah. a valuable piece, dude. When you, you have a, a guy like, like that, that's going to shut down the other team's yeah. wide receiver. Hello, yeah, that's. No, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it you, cuts you, you, down on like, what else you have to like get. You're, get, you're, get. you're getting Sertan or Judy. You're not getting either. You're not getting both. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. And it even may cut down on how many picks. I mean, because that's yeah. Because yeah. if any team right now would give up a number one for Sertan, if he's a player like that, yeah. of course you would give up a number one. First of all, he's cheap still because he's on his rookie contract. And what else would you get with a number one pick? You would pick a Patrick Sertan uh, Jr. So like you would take it anyway. Yeah. So and it's a risk because you don't know what, this guy's already proven. You already know it exactly, so yeah. it's actually better than a first round pick. So yeah, it's it's um, it's, it's, it's <laughs> this is the funny thing about this conversation. Where's Aaron Rodgers going? Nobody wants to talk about what Green Bay's getting back. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll talk about this in coming weeks. But you had some questions for me about the Super yes, Bowl, sir, right? I did. I love questions. I might have I answers. Have... I have answers. I just don't know if they're right. I have five for you, sir. Oh, this is getting hard. It's like a test. Are they Number difficult? One. Are they difficult? Am I going to struggle with this? Well, I think you kind of answered one already, but I think three or out of the four, you you might you might struggle with. All right, and then we could we and then we could uh, conversate about it. I'm intrigued. Will Sean McVay be back in the fall? Yes. There's no doubt in my mind. I know that I know the rumors. Yeah. Well, where did this start from? I think I think more than anything, it's a power play. He makes eight Is it million. The money? I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. He makes eight million a year. The rumors are that Belichick makes about fifteen. Well, and Romo's getting twenty to broadcast or twenty games, or so twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to be honest with you, dude. So coaching is hard. Coaching at the high school level is hard. Coaching at the college level is is much harder. Coaching in NFL is bananas. Look at these guys, dude. They're not McVay is one of the few. They're not exactly the picture of health. And there's a reason for that because they're up at 4.30 in the morning. They go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, and it's work the whole time. It's an insane level of stress. Yeah, you're slopping down a box of lo mein noodles, and that's basically what you're and doing. And that's it, and that's on a good day. Yeah. So, um, it, And then to, to think instead you can sit in a booth and critique other coaches and double your salary working one day a week pretty much. Uh, does sound pretty good. You already got the Super Bowl. Yeah. Worked out pretty well for John Madden. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and around the same region of the country. It wouldn't be a bad idea. But you know what the funny thing is about that, dude? And and this is this is the part that gets misunderstood. There's an old saying that says, uh, if you take a million dollars away, if you take the millions away from a millionaire, they'll be a millionaire within a year. Because it's not the money that makes them a millionaire. It's yeah. the knowledge and skills that they have to become yeah. a millionaire that makes them a millionaire. But then because of that knowledge and skills, they don't just stop when they get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, who is the old um, the Colombian cocaine uh, guy? There are uh, movies about him and the stuff. Movie, like- oh, uh, shit. <sighs> uh, Pacino played him, right? 
Well, it's a similar story. I, he didn't play the exact character, but it was based loosely off of that. And so I show this in school because there was, um, there was a thing how during the World Cup that was held in the United States, when, when the Colombian player who kicked an own goal went back to Colombia, he actually got killed by the cartel that was down there. And um, so we're watching this story and some of the kids, you know, the rumors were that he was worth, God, his name is right on the tip of my tongue. Um, I know, me too. God damn it. His, his, the rumors were that he was worth somewhere between five and eight billion dollars. And the kids were like, why didn't he just stop and just go somewhere else? And I'm like, you get greedy. Well, it's not just greed. It's because you have to understand the mindset that it takes to become a billionaire. You don't just turn that off. Like it's kind of becomes who you are. I'm like. Yeah, he made $8 billion in cocaine, but that same guy could have made $8 billion doing a lot of other things because it's the mentality, it's the ability. My point being, as a head coach, whether it's Sean uh, McVay or Sean, what's his face, for the uh, for the Saints, it's real. Sean Payton, yeah. It's real easy to say, turn turn it off and go do something else. See, see, see. Um, Tony Romo didn't have a choice. He really couldn't be a quarterback anymore. His time as a quarterback was over. There was no option to go back. But you don't see it very often with coaches that they retire and stay retired. You know, Bill Cowher did, but there was always the allure of trying to bring him back. Uh, Jimmy Johnson kind of did, but he went to Miami and then and then finally retired. But they often, you know, Parcells came back, Reeves came back. They all come back because it's who they are. It's what they do. Even the dude from for the Redskins. Um, Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs came back after <laughs> starting a NASCAR team. Like it's hard because it's who they are. So my guess is McVeigh. I mean, it's who he is. You know, it's who he is. I just can't say. Pablo it. Escobar was the man here. Thank you very much, Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Question number two: Will Aaron Donald retire? So the funny thing is, there's part of me that would love to see it because I love when guys can can retire early. I remember when. Um, Megatron. What the hell is his name? Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. I remember when he retired and I was like, you know what? Good for you, dude. Like you're 29 years old. You're a multimillionaire. You, you have most of your health intact and now you can go do whatever you want. Good for you. I don't hold a grudge. I, I mean, I want to watch these guys play, so I don't want them to retire. That's why I don't want Tom Brady to retire. I don't want, I don't want Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin to die. Like I want to watch these guys do what they do forever. But there's a part of me that's like, good for you that you can and that you were willing to put that aside for something else that you want. So, But, but I don't think he will. Hmm. No, I don't think he'll retire. I think he'll play. And and I don't know that his is a money issue, but it does seem a little bit like that. So maybe, who knows? They can't pay everybody. Oh, no, and he's got, the, just... he's got the ball fully in the score right now. Oh, my be, God, so. dude. We touched on this a little while ago. Will the Bengals win the NFC North next year? I, you know, it, it's impossible to say based on like injuries and stuff like that. But if you're asking me right now who the best team in the division is, I don't even think it's close anymore. You know, Baltimore took a step back. Cleveland did not take a step forward. Right. Pittsburgh's definitely taking a step back. There's no way they're making the playoffs next year unless they make some Russell Wilson move or Deshaun Watson move. I mean, those things are possible. Um, and frankly, if they did one of those two, then we're talking a very different story. But as currently constituted, and assuming that most of the moves are just made through the draft and not big quarterback moves, they're the best team in that division. And 
they're gonna make they're gonna make at least a couple moves to protect Burrow. And if they do, dude, look out. Look yeah. out for a yeah. while. The Rams, it's a different story. The Rams, a different story. What happens every year when a team wins the Super Bowl? Many of those players who are now free agents. You get fat and happy. They get well, there's two things. You're right. They get fat and happy. So the offseason, they're not exactly in the kind of shape that they should be. But the guys who are free agents end up getting stupid good contracts from somebody else that they probably don't deserve and didn't earn. It was part of being part of the Rams and being part of that culture. And then they go somewhere else and they don't they don't pan out. But the point is they left the Rams. Those guys aren't there anymore. We're going to see who ends up getting peeled off of the Rams. You know, we talked about in the beginning of the season, the only question we had about this team was their depth and could they stay healthy. And if they stayed healthy, they're a real championship caliber team. But if they get hurt in any you know major position, it's a problem because they had no depth. Well, they stayed healthy, but now you're talking who's going to get peeled off. Yeah. And there will be some guys get peeled off, whether it's OBJ might get a better contract from – I know he said he wants to stay in L.A. for less, but if – Let's say Tennessee offers them $18 million and the Rams can only give them $12. Uh, it's a better tax bracket in Tennessee. It's a lot more money. Um, you got a chance to win there too. He, you know, you just don't know. My, we do, What we do know is that some of those guys won't be there just because of contracts alone. So Man, it's, it's almost like you're looking at my paper. Question sorry. number four. Where will OBJ be in 2022? Oh, I, I know. He, listen, he says he wants to be a Ram. Coming off and now another knee injury. Plus, too, he lo- he's kind of an L.A. guy. loves the idea of being in oh, L.A., being in sure. Hollywood. That fits him perfectly. Again, but you just don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, something that would be intriguing. Like, something like Miami might be intriguing because that's, like, big lights, big city, fun town. That's an OBJ-type town. You know, Green Bay is not exactly, like, OBJ town. Right, like Cleveland? Yeah, like Cleveland. <laughs> it does. It's not a big fit. But, like, the Raiders... Yeah. You know, hell, the Chargers, it's still L.A., you know. I tell you, if Dallas didn't have so many studs, Dallas, but like. Well, listen, I, I heard rumors that Dallas was considering moving on from, you know, trading Amari Cooper. So if you trade Amari Cooper and you could save $5 million but get OBJ, so of course that's an interesting fit, right? New Orleans, New Orleans is totally an OBJ-type town, right? So. shoe guy. Totally. So. I, I know what they say, but they all say this right after they win the Super Bowl. And now it's real easy to say you want to stay there when you got a torn ACL because nobody wants you. But right. we shall see. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like 50-50 he stays, 50-50 he goes to another team. Where it will be, hard to say. That ACL thing really mucks that up. Yeah, it does. You know what it I does. mean? Because, you know, he's not going to be ready. I doubt he's going to be ready in the beginning of the season. And it's his second one in the same leg. Right? Is it the so. same leg? I think, oh, that I think sucks. so. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I did feel bad. Know, I'm not a big OBJ guy, but I, I did dude, feel me, bad. I was just going to say, I kind of felt myself. He was having a, a game. Yeah, he was having a game. He was just playing football. He kept his mouth shut. Wasn't doing any stupid shit with the Rams. He was having a game, having a great playoffs, had a good stretch. And it was non contact yeah. on top of I'm that. Also, which I'm also not a Giant fan, so I'm not super emotional about like how it went down and what happened with Eli and stuff. The only thing I get mad at him when he fucked me in fantasy, but that's really all I got. But, <laughs> but like that's, I was I felt I felt bad when he went down. I, I did, felt I bad. Did. I, I did. I did. And it like you were right though. It totally changed the dynamics of the game. Like it seemed like the Rams were moving the ball pretty yeah easily, and then that just that changed things totally. The toughest question I see for number five. Oh boy, here we go. 
Let me get a sip because this sounds scary. Get a sip. Get a sip. Get a sip. Clear the uh, earbuds out. <clears throat> I'm ready. Which coach likely to be one and done next year? Of in the league, you mean? In the whole yes. league? Of new coaches? Like like Urban was this year or David Culley was this year? Who's that guy next year hmm. in your opinion? So if you need a refresher, we have Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, Josh McDaniels in Vegas, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. I believe his name is Mike McDaniel in Miami. Yep. Dennis Allen in New Orleans, and that's where I would lean, I think. Um, and we're missing a one or two Giants Dayball. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, which is another very high candidate <laughs> in that nightmare of a, of a situation. Yeah. Well. Oh, and uh, Mr. Eberflus, your boy in Chicago. I hear so many good things about I don't know shit about him. I can only go off of what I hear about him. But I hear nothing but good things about him. Super organized. He, you know what he sounds it's, like it's to all, me? It's all going to come down to fields, bro, in the offense. Man. It's, it's totally going to come down to that. He seems very much like Staley from uh, Chargers. He comes across very Staley-like. And I wonder if that yeah. means very um, – What's the uh, analytics like, which oh, would be a sake. fucking mistake, but that's oh. neither here nor there. I- I'm going to lean on Lovey Smith, and I'm also I'm going to give you a bonus answer here. Lovey Smith, he should be fired now because this was a terrible pick, so that's besides the point. <laughs> I should, totally just agree. get ahead of the curve and fire him now and <laughs> just start looking for next year. But um, I'm going to give you another name. I know he's, he's going to be on a hot seat right away, and I can't see him getting off of it because they don't have a quarterback in place. Uh, and he will end up being still a candidate, maybe back for college, but I think he'll still be a candidate in the league. Matt Rule, this is you talk about a precipitous drop. So he's not he's not one and done, but yeah, he's I not one and saying. done. That's yeah, what I'm saying. My yeah. bonus is just that I think here's a guy who just understand coming into this draft, coming into this season, he's definitely on a hot seat, which is so funny because he was one of the oh, hot I coaches in the beginning of the season. I loved him going into this year, man. Yeah, everyone loved him. And before the season even ended, it was like, is he even going to make it to the end of the season? It's like, dude. Dude, I think if Harbaugh went to Minnesota, I think there was a good chance he would have been begging the Michigan's AD for that. Right? Right? So, yeah. But it's interesting. I <sighs> Lovey Smith. That's just – I don't – I don't. Nah. We, we, we beat that to shit already, so – and deservedly yeah, so, because it's the I'm worst. Willing get, I'm willing to get back the shuffle back out if you want. That's the, that's it's the worst. It's just piss poor, dude. That's the worst. Um, that's the worst coaching hire since Rich Cotite of the Jets. Thank you, Jets. And that's saying something because they've had a couple you losers. Go, you want to go NBA or a little golf? Let's do a little golf first. Waste management open, which is an absolute blast. Oh my god! And and if you had any questions. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're going to say it. I can tell. Two hole-in-ones on the famous stadium 16th fucking frat house scene. Dude. Beer cans getting chucked. <laughs> you want to talk about dangerous. Well, that – you know, I did think about that because they weren't just like chucking them over to edge. They it were wasn't l- like a landing zone? No. They were they're just the launching place. them. And I, I was stunned at how many of the guys who were there like weren't ducking or anything. They were just like, it ain't going to hit me. I'll be okay. <laughs> but just Coors Light cans flying all over. Um, if you guys have never seen this, it's the only – to my knowledge, it's the only hole on a PJ Tour that's an – it's an entire – it's an entirely 
it's a, a stadium Closed circles in, yeah. the whole hole, the entire hole. And they actually made it bigger this year. And cheering and yelling and screaming is encouraged. If you don't hit the green on your tee shot, because it's par three, if you don't hit the green, you get booed mercilessly. And God forbid someone hits a hole in one. It rains down silver Coors Light cans. <laughs> and holy shit, did they <laughs> drop the bomb. And it happened twice. It's a hell of a thing. It really is probably the coolest non-golf golf scene in golf. Uh, it's just like because it's so not yeah. golf-like. It's Because golf is so prim and proper. We clap. We stay quiet when you go. And then you got this one hole on the whole tour that just goes. It's total anarchy. And uh, but God, is it fun to watch? They, they're allowed to cheer as a guy is teeing off. Teeing off, which it's is total so anarchy. Yeah. Justin Thomas and the players the encourage it. They're not yeah, mad they're, about it. They encourage it. Let's go. Justin Thomas played the hole in a Squints Sandlot jersey, <laughs> which is tremendous. I love absolutely. That. He gets it. He's he's in this generation of golf that he gets. Wendy it. Peppercorn, come on, dude. Um, a couple storylines for that. There are a couple. Dude, did you watch? You watch? You were tuned in, right? A little bit. I have my kids with me, so it's a little tough. They're not exactly huge golf fans, but a young man. And it was, and by the way, the weather Go here, ahead. the weather here was so nice. Yeah. It was yeah. like 65 degrees, and my daughter wanted to go to the beach, and I live right on the beach now in um, in Atlantic City. Understood. So we went down, we went, took a walk down the boardwalk, and we went on the beach, took some nice pictures. So it was a little tough, but. You can't get mad at that. It's hard to, especially so, in the middle of February. <laughs> a young man from the corn, right, from the corn ferry tour, Sahith Thigal. Yeah, out of nowhere. Now, this guy, there was what, an exemption? Someone dropped out, and he was the first guy in line to, mm -hmm. to get moved up. And, man, I was texting with Stavali, and I'm like, this guy's not going away. He also looks like he could play free safety. Yeah, he's a big Enormous yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, was he leading after every oh, after the first three rounds? I don't think the first three, but I think two, I think Friday, Saturday, I think he Okay. Was. I know it was more and than then, one day. And then to start the day Saturday, or start the day Sunday, Steve threw me a text early when it was still on the PGA channel and not on TBS yet. He was like, this guy's not going away. Yeah. Like, he was just – and he got such unlucky bounce on Sunday. The ball hit and went bounce into the water, and he was a wreck. The kid's only 23, 24 years yeah, old. Yeah. His parents were there. They're Indian. Yes. And he was crying, and they're like – that's how much, like, he cared about it. Like, <laughs> well, cause especially when you're future. that close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could well, imagine. Like that, that, and that's what makes golf – like, golf is in such – people, like, worry about Tiger's gone and Phil's gone. Golf's in such a good place right now. Golf is in good hands. Of course oh, we want Tiger. Of course we want Phil. It's not that we want them to go away. Just like I'm sorry, you don't want you don't want Tom Brady to go away. You want Tom yeah. Brady to lose. Yeah. You don't want Tom Brady to go away. But same right. thing. I don't. I don't want. I don't want those guys to go away. But the game is just fine. The yep. game. The golf game is in very good hands right now. You will find another guy to love or hate. Absolutely, That's the way life is so. Uh, Brooks Kepka and Xander Shoffley, our boys, are gearing up for a. A good run here coming up. They're playing really well golf. Although Kepka's starting to really annoy me. Kep uh, Kepka this year is starting to ha have the Bryson feel I had last. The year. arrogance is starting to come through, as opposed yeah. to cockiness. Now it's turning into arrogance and mouthiness, and it's like, yeah. all right, dude, just turn, just dial it down one notch, just one. We kind of like it. We like the edginess. We don't like arrogance and assholeishness. That's yeah. that's what we yeah. don't want. He dyed his hair blonde. I'm like, did he? Dye weird. Now you're getting like, weird. Yeah. yeah just, now it's getting come like. On. Yeah, dude, let's dial yeah. it back a notch. Just so that's when he when he comes close and doesn't win, eh, I'm not too sad. About Patrick it. Cantlay is another guy. I don't know if he was in this tournament, but I noticed like was he dude. in this one? 
Yeah, he was. He was. He came down. He was in a playoff. With, right. Uh, he's dude. Is he? He's like on the leaderboard every he's tournament money. this year. The guy is playing out of his gourd. Holy shit! I know he's a good player. This is not a surprise that he's up there. No, it's a surprise that anybody is in the top ten every week. I mean, nobody plays in the top ten every week. Come on. And it looks like he doesn't even have a like a pulse going on. He doesn't blink. Like he's yeah, just, yeah. He's very like. And for you fantasy lovers, uh, Mike Dean from Dean Dome Sports likes to send me his um, fantasy lineup for golf. King lineup. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cantlay is almost like twelve thousand dollars, dude. So it's not like yeah, it's not crazy. known that he's uh, a hot commodity. I'm gonna have to get Mike's uh, information for the Masters uh, DraftKings. I want to get in one with him there. I think. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, he sends it to me every week. And Mike, if you're listening, yeah, which I know you do, over, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll forward that stuff to you too as well because he yeah, does very well with that. He's not. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's not. Oh, he's very busy. Today. He's very busy putting his second fantasy team together. I'm sure. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and, and the winner, the winner of the tournament was Scotty Scheffler. Yep, his first career win. Which he was uh, a bag of mush at the end. He couldn't even talk to him, the, the fine and yeah. lovely Amanda Balionis. Um, um, yeah, he, and, and what they go three, three, three playoff holes, four playoff holes. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, sorry, you're walking on the beach. Excuse it me. It was a lovely day. Um, let me say this: I had mentioned Scotty Scheffler as a potential winner last year. I want to say it was the U.S. Open. I want to say it was, too, but I don't know why I would guess that. Yeah, so I think we're both right if we were both thinking the same goddamn thing. Scotty Scheffler is really, really good. So don't look at this as a one-off. You're going to see this happen a lot. Dude hits the ball really long. Big hit, too. Big, strong hitter. Great with his irons. Very good putter. And if you're wondering, like, where he came from, just go back and watch highlights of last year's Ryder Cup. Guy was just killer. He just was an absolute killer. He's, I think he's twenty three years old as well. He's young. Oh, that's where he was. Yeah, he killed that. Tweet. You're that's right. where you. Yep. That's yep. probably where. If you guys are listening and you and you watch some golf, you probably first heard about him. He's been on leaderboards mul- multiple times in majors, and then just hasn't been able to pull him off, and maybe falls falls back a little bit on Sundays. Ryder Cup in the fall, he went off. I mean, he went yep. off, and they put him in positions where they kind of said, almost like. Uh, we'll put you in here and we'll take the L, but we'll get wins in other ones. And he went out and won anyway. Uh, he's legit. Like, he's a well, that's real why, that's player. That's why they dominated that thing because they were getting wins from freaking guys everybody. they weren't expecting to. Trust yeah. me when I tell you they put guys against certain guys and just expect the loss and they're okay with it because they'll get two wins somewhere else. Yeah. And instead of that, they got the wins. They got all wins from Scotty Scheffler. He's legit. He's really, really good. Super soft hands around the green, too, which is like everything, right? Like, that's why Jordan Spieth is so good. He's wild off the tee. Why? But, boy, is he tight, you know, around the greens and he one-putt. Scotty Scheffler is pretty goddamn straight off the tee and long. Soft hands with the irons. Really good putt. I'm just telling you guys, do not... Sleep on this guy. Do not be surprised and pay attention. You're going to see this happen multiple times because now that he's had a taste of it and knows how to get it done, it's going to happen a lot. He's a really, really good player. Really good player. So. Hit me with some basketball. Let's talk some basketball. So this is what's so interesting about the NBA. The NBA in some ways is very similar to Major League Baseball because, you know, it's a grind. It's a long 
you know, it's a long run. As opposed to the NFL, there's urgency every single week. Like, you just don't know. One loss matters. Whereas in the NBA, 82 games, one loss. I mean, yeah, you could lose a playoff spot because of one loss, but nobody looks at one game until the very, very end. It's It's a grind. It's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long grind. You could point to lots of games and say we should have won that one. But um, the Boston Celtics this past week and a half or so have been very interesting to me because they were like floundering around, maybe not playing up to expectations. They had a new, they brought in a new coach that they had high hopes for, but they were kind of like hovering around one game under, one game over, two games under 500, two games over 500, not playing particularly great. And then they go on a nine game winning streak. And isn't it fascinating? They go from not even being one of the playoff teams. I think they they were a 10 seed at one point. You go win nine straight games. And I think they just lost. I think they finally broke that nine game winning streak. But you win nine straight games. Yeah, now you're eight games over. Yeah, you go eight games over 500. And now you're the sixth seed as opposed to you weren't even in the playoffs. And, dude, didn't they beat a team by 50 or something? They, like? um, oh, my God. Who was it? Uh, was it the Sixers? Yes, it was. It was yes, the Sixers, was. right? It was like yeah. 135 to 85 or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah, um, they're firing on all cylinders, and you have to wonder. They're a talented team. They're a talented team, but they haven't been able to you know, put it together. New coach. Maybe it's starting to come around. Nine straight wins. You don't just pull off nine straight wins. I don't care what was on your schedule. That's That was an impressive no, little run for them. I agree. So, um, and, and considering what has happened with trades and stuff in the East – they should be even more excited about moving up even further. Um, can, can we play taps for the New York Knicks real quick? Oh, can I sneak that in? Is that it was over? a that was, you want to talk about? You remember last year how jacked that was? Knicks in the playoffs. Oh my God, they're a four seed. They're hosting again. Yep. What an opposite feel I have today. So I have to ask you the question, which is something that we asked last year, and we were wondering if and when it would happen. Has Thibodeau kind of, as he eventually does rub their guys the wrong way, push too hard, you know, has he he run its course already? I would lean more push too hard than rub the guys the wrong way. I think he demands a lot out of these guys, but but it's his own fault in a way too because he doesn't have a really deep rotation. It's true. And he doesn't like playing young guys. That's his own. Fault. I mean, we kind of said However, that last year about them that they they weren't exactly the most talented team in the world, and but yet they got the four yeah. seed. You know, yeah. And it was refreshing last year. I don't know. What and what were the big upgrades like. that they made this year? It wasn't well. He, that, well, that's what I was going to say. I wouldn't blame Tibbs as much as I would blame the the front office because yeah. they made they made two bad moves. They 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 substituted defense for offense. They let Reggie Bullock walk out the door mm-hmm. and Alfred Payton walk out the door, and those were Tibbs' kind of guys. Yeah. And they bring in Evan Fournier, who I never liked, and they were trying to trade him at the trade deadline. And Kemba Walker, whose knees are shot. Toast. He's a great what guy, a shame. New York guy. Uh, I hate and, it. You know, yeah, whatever, I hate but it. it. I hate it. But it just. But it's true. He's shot. He has yep. two good games, and he can't play for three weeks because he just can't. He can't get it together. I really like um, him too. Derek Rose going down, huge part this year too. He was obviously the, the man coming off the bench. He finished like 15 MVP voting last year coming off the bench. That's how good of a year I he know, had last year. I know. So they made a lot of bad decisions. Uh, Julius Randle lost his mind. I don't know if something's going on at home. I know he had a second kid. He's flipping off the fans, doing all this shit. And last uh. year he was like the toast of the town. So that's another weird thing. Um, they're young guys. Uh, they drafted Deuce McBride and um, Quentin Grimes. They're playing really well. Like they're they're really good players. But he just refuses to play. Now yeah. he's finally he's starting Grimes now because he has no other options. <laughs> like, um. 
do I think it's time for Tibbs to go? I wouldn't say necessarily yes, but I, now you I might, but do, you might not yeah, think so. I, but do you think that's what they're gonna do? Because they're out of the playoffs right now. Oh yeah, they're like the twelfth or thirteenth seed yeah. right now. Yeah. So if you miss the playoffs, you miss the playoffs in a ten game playoff where like oh, twenty out of thirty teams make it. Yeah, that's not great. It sucks. It's so fascinating because you, you you still hear players, even young players, talk about you know. The feeling of playing at Madison Square Garden and how it's the Mecca basketball and all this kind of stuff. But yet they struggle like hell to bring in free agents. They really no. do not attract free agents. Now, I don't know if this is the, well, the com, it's, it's, uh, not it's Comcast. A Jim Dolan, cable, it's a Jim Dolan. It's a Jim Dolan issue, cable vision. That's, that's from a lot of people. Uh, they asked Chris Bosch when he finally retired and they're like, Chris, what's your story with New York? I thought you were a favorite. He goes, I'm never going to play for that guy. I think KD was along and, those and same lines too. Yeah, like he didn't want to deal with Dolan. not alone. And the, and the, the thing that's difficult about that is it's not like you can fire the owner. Like he, He's the owner unless he sells the team. You're not well, getting you know rid of funny, him. You know what's funny about that? They don't have that issue in hockey. Hockey's very different, too. though. Hockey's very different. Plus, Dolan doesn't have a lot of say in what goes on in hockey. He doesn't know what the frig he's talking about with hockey. Well, that's, probably, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your nose out of it, dude. It's a yeah, toy. Yeah. Play with it, but don't get involved. But, dude, it's not only – you know what it is with Dolan, too? It's not only about the, 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 the decision you make in the front office and, like, and coaches and whatever. You're getting a, you're getting a fight with ex-legendary players. You're kicking guys and out of your And fans. Like, it's – and, fa- and yeah, fans, he has. He doesn't have a clue. You talk about it's the like, Rangers. He's not doing that at Ranger games. No, he's pointing out Ranger fans, get the hell out of here, taking their season tickets. Like, dude, you're an those, asshole. Those are those are probably his big dinner date nights with big other rich people, <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't care they're playing. And like, oh my god, yeah. So but that's anyway, the, it's just, just interesting just about to... that. No, but it's interesting because players dude, really do talk about it, but yet they don't want to go play there. You blow a twenty-eight point lead without Durant, Kyrie, and Simmons. Unacceptable, dude. At home, dude. It's, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. And no one got fired today. It's, it's even you worse. mentioned Brooklyn, and it makes it even worse. This is a nine. This is a team that's a nine seed. Brooklyn is the nine seed right now yeah, in the East. You know. Now, we'll see. KD hasn't been playing for a while. Kyrie Irving plays every other day because, you know, he's no vax. Um, and, and Simmons isn't there yet. Uh, he's not mentally ready. He's not physically ready. Like, what a, what a bizarre thing. Individual. What the fuck has he been doing? I don't know, dude. He's so bizarre. He's so bizarre. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I, I continue to marvel. You have to, at this point, say that Memphis is the real deal because they continue to roll. Dude, they are the third seed in the Western Conference. Now, I know it's only halfway through the season, but this is no longer just 20 games in. Like, they're a real team. John Morant is a real star. He's the most exciting player in the NBA, in my opinion, right now. Um... And what's fascinating about that, too, is that, you know, Colin Cowherd, your boy, when Morant and Zion Williamson were drafted, you know, well, Williams, Zion was one and John Morant was two. It was all about Zion. Zion's a star. Zion is this. Zion can't even get on, a four, on the floor. It just came out today. He was supposed to be back in December, and he's still not back. And now they said today he may need a second surgery on the same foot, right? Like this guy, yes, he's turning into, um, what was that dude for Ohio State? You remember that center? Yeah, yeah. Greg Oden. Greg Oden. He's turning into Greg Oden. Yeah. But he's, he's also starting to look like Geno Atkins. He's <laughs> enormous. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a, he's a big, heavy dude. That's the one fucking good move the Knicks made. <laughs> they, they, the, the got, they didn't have to just Zion. They got R.J. Barrett. Like, yeah, yeah. so it's uh, it's funny because um, 
you know, it's disappointing in a sense because, you know, this guy's a star. He's clearly got that star potential, but can't even get on a court. You know, you held him out half of his rookie season because he was injured, and then he's just never available. And now this is going to – if they do have a second surgery, he's done for the year. It's done for the year. So it's another season. You don't even see him on a court. You know, it's one thing that that happened to Clay Thompson, but Clay Thompson was already an established star in this league yeah. and lost two seasons. You know, KD lost a season and a half, whatever it ended up being, but he's already a freaking star with championships. This guy hasn't even established himself yet, and he can't even find his way into court. But be that as it may, Memphis is a real team. They win night in, night out. Um, they're 41-19. and 19. This is what I mean. This is not just like they're doing really well. or They're 41-19. and 19. This is a real team. They're going to win over 60 games. They're going to win, you know. Going close to sixty games this year, which is that's something. That's a that's that's a real deal. Yeah, and they're fun to watch. They're an exciting team to watch. So at least the highlights are uh, Lakers and LeBron twenty seven and thirty one. Love to see. It. And the real and the reality for them is they're friggin' stuck. They have no moves to make now. It's great to give up the future draft picks, give up players to win championships. And two years ago, you got your championship, and that's great. You know, like you wouldn't trade that. Um, but now you got nothing, and now you're stuck with Westbrook because nobody's going to take that contract. You have no draft picks. You're not going to get those back for a couple years, and you got an aging LeBron James and an AD who, night in night out, you don't even know what you're going to get from him, dude. And that's and if he plays. Yes, yeah, that's miss, if he he's plays. Gonna miss, he's going to miss a month. That ankle looks. Is it going to be a month? Ah, it, it, dude. Oh, dude. It's We've just, all twisted ankles before. That looked bad. It's a disaster. He's you know he, and that's just now. Over the last two years, the guy's barely on the court. And when he is, when he has been this year, he's about a 17-point point per game player. And that's unacceptable for a guy who's on yeah, a max you know contract. Let, let, let LeBron GM, right? Let him GM. Don't uh, let any, absolutely. That's, that's, yeah, this is what you get. You know, this is what you get. Hey, you got the championship, but now, you, now you're stuck. You're yeah, stuck you in a dead zone for a while. championship game and an empty gym. And, yeah, nobody I cares. This, yeah, I, nobody I cares. I, well, I care. And then just to – no, but I mean, like, nobody cares – about the championship. They almost look oh, at it as right. like oh, it was a yes, fugazi yeah, because it exactly. wasn't even like. Um, exactly. and, and what a jerk off. I don't know if you saw earlier in the week. He said, you know what we should do? Uh, the Dodgers, the Lakers, and the Rams should have a oh, joint parade. Yes. It's like, bro, you won your championship two years ago. Can you piggyback on anybody else's success? I don't remember you inviting the Rams and the Dodgers to the to the Lakers parade when you guys want, but you want to piggyback on theirs. Get the fuck out of here. You're such a jerk off when you do dude. stuff like wait. that. Dude. I hope his son, nothing against his son, but I hope he's not good enough to make it in the NBA so this guy could get out of here sooner. Ugh. Oh, my God. It's just that kind of stuff bugs me. It's like you can't even just let the Rams. You got to piggyback on that shit. It's you got to ride on their co- It's he, always about night, LeBron. Last night, the Rams had a couple guys there at the game. And he's got to go up to Aaron Donald and hug him. Like, dude, get, like, come on, man. Like, just. Do you, oh, dude. Just do he's you. So, he's just nauseating. Yeah, he really is. He really is. What else do I have here? I mentioned that Brooklyn is the other oh, the eighth seed, not the ninth seed. So they had that trade. We talked about it a little last week. Harden goes to the Sixers. Uh, ben Simmons to the, to the Nets. So what do you think is the short-term uh, results, we'll say, of that trade. Harden's going to work his way back onto the court. I think. I think if the Nets have Kyrie Simmons and KD, with now size off the bench and Drummond and Drummond Oldridge, helps. And Drummond is an underrated piece of that trade. And you have, oh, I agree. And you have now a spot up shooter in Curry. 
I think they can get their shit together real quick. Yeah. Where the Sixers, I, I like Joel Joel Embiid, but there's something that's like off with him. Like he can like lose his shit and like not like not play. And I don't know if that was more Simmons thing or him. I thing. think it was a more Simmons thing because right now but he's a I, real probably yeah. the number one candidate for MVP in the league. But Harden to me is such a wild card. He's never been good in the playoffs. Nope. Who knows? He's probably just at a strip club eating wings right now, nursing his hamstring to get back. So he's probably yeah. coming out of shape. Well, it wasn't like he was um, in great shape with the Nets this year. So I know he was a little and doughy. I know, and I know that they have Fiebel and Maxi, who my buddy at work loves. But they're not proven guys either, dude. And you're going up against like guys like Giannis and the Bulls and I would lean more towards Nets than, than than Sixers here, and it's not close in my opinion. I think in the short term, it's actually a win for both um, because if Simmons was playing for the Sixers, then you can kind of try to measure like what the difference will be, but he wasn't even on the court. So now you're adding – now, granted, you're you're losing a Seth Curry and, and a couple yeah. of those guys, but you're adding a 25 to 30 point per game score and Harden to a 25 and 30 point per game score. It's almost like they switched roles. The the Nets went yeah. from being so like big three centric and and then there was kind of like everybody else where where the Sixers were more of a full complete team and now the Nets look yeah. like a more complete <laughs> team and the Sixers are more, you know, counting on two big guys and maybe Maxi also. So that's what's interesting. I think it's in a, I think it's a short-term win for both in a sense of like Harden will be happier, and Bede certainly will be happier with with Harden there, and that pick and roll combination could be bananas. And if Simmons is even capable of playing, you know, r- real basketball by the time the playoffs come around, it is nice to think that Kyrie, like, there's one less shooter in a sense, and a really good distributor, and a guy who's six ten, and a guy who yeah. plays really good defense because nobody else does on that team, right. and add Drummond. Drummond is really an underrated part at. I think it's a short term uh, win for both. Who's going to end up better with that is a really great question. I think you mentioned it last week, and the more I thought about it this during this past week, I'm like, oh, it would be great if we got Nets Sixers yeah, kind of in the point. playoffs at some point. It's almost like now we'll really get to find out who won this trade, uh, and it, it would be fascinating to watch. So, yeah, we shall see. Did you Kevin Durant tweeted out? But I, I want to hit on this real quick. He tweeted out. You know, it was different in my day. In my day, where where we wanted to beat, we wanted to beat, we wanted to beat these guys and not play together. Dude, and someone went, "What foggy memory?" The guy who went to Golden State, <laughs> the guy who joined Boston. with Kyrie Irving, the guy who went to the guy who went to Boston with what? Ray Allen and that. And, uh, oh right, right. You said Kevin Durant. Oh, you? I'm sorry, Kevin Garnett. Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Garnett. Oh, Kevin yeah, Garnett. that's right. Yeah, dude. What do you like, fucking? Kid? It's too much what? weed. What too much weed, on? man. It fries the brain. It eventually fries the brain. What are you talking about, bro? What do you want? You, you won your championship. <laughs> yeah. Could you join Pearson Allen? Yes, like, yes, that's fantastic. That's amazing. But dude, that's why they just give us. They give they guys like that give us this platform. Dude, and I, swear to God. I, I totally agree. Take a minute before you start typing. Like, just take a minute and think about what you're about to say before you start typing. It would have taken him one minute to be like, "Oh, wait a minute, I did win a championship with the Celtics." Did he think he was in Minnesota? So like, like, where he? <laughs> and I like Kevin Garnett, but that's just a Asinine. stupid thing to say. Um, we're not going to start now, but we may start next week. We'll talk about this week. We're going to start doing like kind of like a postseason post mortem on all these on all the teams in the league, where we'll look at how the season went and what these teams need moving forward. And I'm talking in the NFL. 
um, because that's really what we like to talk about the most. So we'll we'll look at all we'll look at everybody. We'll go we'll go division to division, and we'll 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 talk about how the teams went, how the season went, what they need, and what they look what they'll look for moving forward. That'll be a lot of fun because I love that. I might love. I gotta be honest with you, dude. I think I have more fun with that than I do with the actual football season. Because a football season, you're just kind of breaking down what actually happened. Yeah. And when the off season, it's all conjecture and bullshit and possibilities and hypotheticals. But that is so much fun. Yeah, that is so fun. much fun. fun. You know, yeah, never going to happen. Oh, yes, it could. Yeah, how? Well, this is how. It's the best. We got to play GM for a I love that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. For, so for the next, whatever, five, six, uh, five months or so, we'll, we'll get to play G, um, amateur GM. And I'm looking forward to that. So we'll probably start with that stuff um, next week, which will be a lot of fun. What are you watching this weekend? Well, it's All-Star Weekend in the NBA, and as much as I was a younger man, I like to, to watch all the Saturday night festivities and the Friday night rookie sophomore game. I'm not so much into it anymore. No. Um, I might tune into the All-Star game Sunday night, but I'm off Monday, so hopefully I'll be at a nice watering hole tying one on, which would be which would be a goal. More better? I tune into the um, the Daytona 500 for a couple of laps on okay. Sunday afternoon. I get that. I, usually, uh, I like that. I totally I, forgot I about that. Crack, I, I, I crack a Budweiser can and uh, throw on a couple of laps. Beautiful. And, although the last couple of years it's been rained out. They usually finish it on Monday and everyone's working on Monday, which stinks. But, yeah. Um, I'm going to probably tune into a little hoops. I'm trying to get into it for the tournament. College. But I'm still, I'm it's still tough. battling. I'm struggling too, man. Oh, highlights. A little bit of highlights, but watching the games – we talked about this last week a little bit, man, or, or maybe two weeks ago uh, during the week off between super playoffs and Super Bowl. It's just hard when guys come and go so quickly. It's like trying. It's like trying to follow an AAU team. Like there's just new guys. Yeah, that's good. You know that's what I mean? Good. There's yeah. just new guys every year, and it's hard to become a fan, you know, of a team. Mm-hmm. So. That's the struggle. And I think that's actually a part of the reason why Gonzaga has actually become very popular among people who like watching basketball, college basketball, because that's one of the that's one of the only teams that I can think of, frankly. And even they had a one and done last year. Subs. And they might have another one this year, too. Might have another one this year. Um, but they're one of the few teams that like the core or at least the most of their players stay for at least three, usually four years. And it and it's easier. To, to root for guys that you've seen before and you get used to them. You've heard about him. You've seen him on SportsCenter. It's like, you know, you've seen him in a couple tournaments. You've seen him in a couple yeah. Final Fours, you know. Yeah. That's why we mentioned the Christian Leitners and all those type players, you know. And, and what's and I, I keep mentioning Leitner because Leitner, the fact that he stayed for four years, there are fans of Christian Leitner but there are just as many haters of Christian Leitner. But that is what makes it great. There mm-hmm. were hate lovers of Patrick Ewing and haters of Patrick Ewing. Guess what? When there's both, there's twice as many. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> twice as many people watching. That's yeah. the Yankees, right? There's just as many people that hate the Yankees that love the Yankees. And that's why there's twice as many people. That's why ESPN wants Red Sox Yankees every chance they can get on sat on Sunday night or whatever you know Saturday night Sunday night game. So that's the problem, and and um, it's just hard to get into it because you you know if you just want to pick up midseason, you don't even know what the hell you're watching. You can see that there's talent, you can see that they're good, but you're like, hmm, I don't know who that guy is. You know, like <laughs> never heard of him. So it's kind of tough. Um, yeah, you mentioned the All Star Weekend. I'm gonna struggle with that. I used to love the slam dunk contest. It's just the same old same old to me. Um, some of that skills competition shit is a little interesting. Eh, whatever. 
I will be yeah. watching the uh, Genesis Invitational. No chidgens for me this weekend, so I get to sit and on the couch and just watch a little golf. And it should be. It looks like it's a pretty good field this week too. Man, we're getting some really good fields early in the season, which I'm is watching not it right always, now. Yeah, it's not always the case. Guess, guess so. who's tied for first? Uh, I'm gonna say Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler. Wow. How about Patrick Cantlay? Is he up there? No, but he just put one in the the sand pit. Nice. Okay. Uh, and I will also be taking a look at the UFC fight night. There was a great fight last Saturday night. It was hard to stay up. I'm not a late guy anymore. You see the white beard if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, I don't I don't stay up late real well anymore. But, God, there was a great fight last weekend. And there's a really interesting fight night card. So you can just watch on ESPN. It's not going to cost you anything. It's not a pay-per-view. And in the main event card... There are three American fighters that are really strong up-and-comers with good records. They're all favored to win their fights. Might be a fun night if you've ever considered or have seen a McGregor fight and you're like, this is kind of interesting. I might be might you know want to watch some more of this. This might be a good night. Saturday night might be a good night for you to check out UFC because you're going to see some really, really good um, American mixed martial artists. So it'll be kind of cool. 56 Beautiful. in the book, big dog. Yes, sir. Well done, sir. You really brought it with those questions, too. I like that kind of stuff. I love when I, I have to you, ponder. If you make me scratch like my beard. Yeah, if you make me <laughs> scratch my beard, I always think those are good questions, and you did that today. Appreciate that. Number five. This is more for me than anybody else. Super Bowl champion, 2009 All-Pro, 2006 All-American, former Steeler, Michigan Wolverine, pass rusher Lamar Woodley. So selfish Num- making it all about no. you. Number four. Well, once in a while, you got to tap yourself on the back. <laughs> Number four, five-time All-Star, 2005 World Series champ, four-time Gold Glover, 2009 Perfect Game, former White Sox and Blue Jay pitcher Mark Burley. Nice. He was an underrated pitcher. He was. For a while there, he was really yeah. good. I remember Number there were some years there I was hoping that the Yankees were going to make a move. For yeah, him. I had that yeah. same thought. When, yeah. Number three, three-time All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, 1989 Sacks leader, I don't know much. I don't remember this guy all that what that all well, but Hall of Fame Vikings defensive end Chris Dolman. No, he was really good. Number two, two-time All-Pro, five-time. Pro you know what Bowl it was? League. I don't want to. I got to interrupt you. You, you know what it was? I'm so, I apologize. No, I really apologize. But you know what it was? The Vikings weren't very good at the time. They were like an eight and eight team every year. Yeah, Sean Salisbury. Was the, yeah, they weren't real good. They weren't <laughs> real good. So then you get a guy who gets lost in a wash, but the, you know he put up big numbers every year. Sorry about yeah, that. Gotcha. No, no, you're good. Number two. Two-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowl, 85 Defensive Player of the Year, NCAA, and NFL Hall of Fame Patriot linebacker, and I loved his name when I was a little kid, Andre Tippett. Mm-hmm. And number this is one. Pre, that's pre-Belichick, by the way. Yes, so you can't even, number, like, say, well, he was there. With, nope, he was pre-Belichick. Number one, I don't think there's a doubt in anybody's mind Uh-oh. in sports. When you think of the number 56, you think of this guy. Cocaine, Jack! Two-time Super Bowl champ. <laughs> 1986 MVP from the defensive side of the ball, three-time defensive player of the year, eight-time All-Pro, ten-time Pro Bowler, 1980s All-Decade team, regarded as one of the best defensive players ever, and that's right on topic today with mention Aaron Donald. Yep. And a, and, a, and a great fan of golf and the white snow, Giants <laughs> Hall of Fame linebacker, Lawrence Taylor. Two things I want to say about, about him. Um, number one, we talked earlier about disruptors. Uh I've, I've never seen any, you know, with Aaron Donald and Reggie White, I've never seen anybody like him. I've never seen anybody like Lawrence Taylor. Like, yeah. he, that guy was as unstoppable a force as I've ever seen in football. Like, it, I, I've never seen anything like him 
on the field, like just unfreaking blockable, right? And the second thing, which is amazing about him, uh, the guy was recruited to college in North Carolina as a tight end. Yeah, I he was know tight that. end. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So you mentioned him as far as rated as defensive players. The, the the NFL put out a list of the top 100 players of all time, and Lawrence Taylor was in the top five. And that just that's tells you how freaking dominant he was. That's where you go. Who the fuck scouted that guy at tight end? The tight He's end. Never gonna scout again in his yeah. life. Now what's funny about that is if you look at if you go watch like uh, Lawrence Taylor highlights on YouTube or something, you'll see interceptions return for touchdowns and good oh, ones. And he's running smooth. He really he really did have good hands. But boy, did somebody miss something. <laughs> because holy shit, was he a great fast rusher. God damn. And of course, I get to watch him shit all over the Jets in preseason and every third and, season. And so and thanks had, a lot for he, that too. He had the Why am I a like Jets the, fan? The earring and like. Oh, uh, dude. No, he was gangster, man. He was. 17, he like, was scary. Like, I mean, he just was yeah. scary. And if you were a quarterback, you know you were shit in your pants. I mean, he was the original snot bubble guy. You know, he's like, you know, he would talk about hitting a guy so hard he gets snot bubbles in his nose. He just was terrifying and earned it. It wasn't just like a story. It was bananas, dude. Year after year after year after year after year. After year. It just was. Yeah, there's a reason he's one of the five greatest players. Players. That includes quarterbacks. So think about that, okay? 56 for me. Some interesting facts. I'm going to drop some math on you here. And, and for, for those of you who struggle with multiplication, like most multiplication we've had to memorize, right? I have one for you. So for 56, it's 7 times 8, right? But the trick to remember that 7 times 8 is 56 is if you kind of do it backwards, it's 5, 6, 7, 8. 56, 5, 6 is 7 times 8. 5, 6, 7, Aww, 7 times cute. 8 is 56. You like that? You like that? Yeah. So I don't know how good you are in math, but you'll never forget how to, you know, what what multiplies to make 56. Um, next, on the, next week on the podcast, we go, please, dear Aunt Sally. What is that? Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, in your nose, there are 56 olfactory families. How about that? Did you know that olfactory was about the sense of smell? Dude, you're getting all this stuff in one spot here. Come on. Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple, the child actor. What does she have to do with 56? 56 curls in her hair. She was known for this curl, like curly red hair that she had, or blonde hair. I don't know what color it was. But she, 56 curls were in her hair. It's probably red, no? Because the drink, the, the kids are not. Yeah, it makes sense. But I, don't know, I always thought that, but then I don't know if it's true. And if you look at the, if you find any pictures of Shirley Temple, they're all black and white, so I don't really know what the hell her color is. Boy. Don't ruin it's it. Throw, okay, 56 curls, that's what's important. Right. She had 56 <laughs> curls, which would be what, right. 23 on each side? No. 20. I don't know. Um, and finally, and certainly, it's, that's what I meant, 28. That's what I was talking about. Thanks for helping me out there. I'm just a gym teacher. Um, finally, and maybe most important, how many men signed the Declaration of Independence? 56. Come on, dude. Doesn't get any better than that. What a great week. Lawrence Taylor and the Declaration of Independence. Dude, I tell you what. All wrapped into one that. podcast. A little good math, a little bad math. Yeah. No one's keeping track. All Maybe right. on Sunday during the golf tournament, we'll come back on here and we'll talk Declaration of Independence history with our with our fans. Why don't we wait till the 4th of July? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> For Scott Bracey, I'm Pete Calisano. You've been listening to Bump and Run. And we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Peace.